Hello. So Bridget Jones. Whoa. This is like your first proper girl film that I've made you see. You didn't have to make me paint my nails though. <laughs> it's all part of it. All and the part pillow of it, bite. Apparently. Yeah, um I mean I don't know if I have a lot to say about this one or just not a lot because <laughs> a medium amount. No, no, I don't have a medium amount. <laughs> I either have very little to say about this film or I have too much to say <laughs> about this film. Okay, can I just say, last film we watched, the uh, last film I made you saw, see? Uh, last film I made you saw, Ballet Boy Ponce. Yeah, and you were like, oh, I was ready to relax and be like, oh, it's a girl film. And then, oh, it was like too, like too many F-bombs and too northern or whatever. So here's a southern girly film. What's your problem? Where do we begin? <laughs> uh, buckle up, children. It's time for <laughs> too many things to say about this film. Um, poor, poor Auntie Bridget. Okay. She, I'm going to refer to her solely as Auntie Bridget because, <laughs> because we're Jones. Joneses. When we got married, all of our tables, you know, like when you get married, you name the tables. I don't know why, instead of just going one, two, three, four. Some people do. Yeah. Some people do just go one, two, three, four. But often they're themed, and our theme was Joneses. Correct. And so there was a Bridget Jones table. Yeah. What other tables are there? There's the Dow Jones. There was Terry Jones, one of the Pythons. There was Grace Jones, famous model. There was uh, was there Auntie Nora. Oh, Nora Jones, yeah. Nora Jones. Um, Auntie Catherine Zeta, did she make it? Yeah, maybe. Um, there were quite a few tables, quite a few Joneses. It's um, a popular name. Um, she's 43 at the start of the film, and she's single, and apparently that's... and childless, and apparently that's bad. Um well, if you're a woman and you want to have a baby, it is not ideal to be childless at 43. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. All right for you men. You can just bang anyone anytime you like and get a baby. Honestly, <laughs> I can barely walk out of the house for banging someone and getting a baby. <laughs> not, in, not in these times, though. It's been tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's an old lady. It's not really that old, is it? 43. And she doesn't have anybody, but she's going to focus on her career because she's super successful at her career, apparently. Yeah, compared, you haven't seen the first two films. No, I wasn't given that luxury. I'll make you watch them. No, that's not what I meant. <laughs> um, in this, she worked her way up. In this film, she she's a TV producer. Apparently she's very good at it, but what we see of it in this film is her going, gotcha, and that's her being successful at film. There's literally no other times in the film where she is a competent employee. It's not a film about employees. It's about babies. Let's talk about babies. All right. Okay, go on. Crack on with your baby chat. Well, that was interesting. <laughs> so... uh <laughs> What okay? What bit of the film did you enjoy? I enjoyed the Piaggio Arpe, the <laughs> the fifty cc <laughs> half scooter, half pickup truck thing, Italian machine from like the seventies, eighties that they transport Bridget part way to the hospital in. Apart yeah, we've been looking at them on eBay. 
today. <laughs> yeah, they're still expensive, but they're they're pretty niche. Um, they're sort of in there with the Citroen HY van. It's like <laughs> this this kind of cutesy old um, catering van thing. This is like when I watch one of your man films, and I'm like, that haircut is not right for that for that era. It's exactly that. <laughs> It's exactly that. That's that's perfect. So you enjoyed the van. I liked the van. <laughs> uh, I liked some of the music. Um, I didn't hate the film. I, I feel like I say this a lot. I feel like it was just a. Yeah. It was like a five and a half out of ten. Like a. It's a different kind of film yeah. to what I've made you watch before. It wasn't. It wasn't so intense. It's the most chilled out one. Yeah, definitely. It was an easy watch, but I think because I felt like. Oh, this is, you know, I had more time to examine, oh, really, those two guys are just going to try and force this woman through a revolving door while she's nine months pregnant and in labour? But it's like a fun, relaxing film. Yeah, but then I have nothing to say about it. That's what I mean. I either have nothing to say because it's like, oh, it's fantasy, it's nonsense, ha, 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 in which case, brilliant, or I have loads to say because it's kind of mental. But the last one was like too real for you. You're, you're hard to please. Yes, I am. Totally right. agree. Let's talk about um, labour. Well, thank goodness Jeremy Corbyn's <laughs> gone. That's what everybody's saying. I knew, I knew, I knew as soon as you, I said labour, you were going to do that. So labour. Labour. Um, you've watched me give birth twice. I have. It was not realistic. But that's okay. No, but that is kind of all films. I do, yeah, I feel like I should point out some things which are probably obvious about real life birth compared to birth in films. Um, Don't get folded in half in a revolving door just before you give birth. Like, yeah. top tip. I didn't know this until I was pregnant, I think, and my midwife friend, Katie, told me. Whoop, whoop, hey, Katie. It's only in films where the waters break, where like nothing's happening, and then your waters just break, and then you have to rush to the hospital. I mean, like it must happen occasionally, but normally you have contractions first, and then you phone the hospital, and they're like, "Oh, how far apart are they? Just wait a bit." There's a lot more waiting around in real labour normally, and then then you go in, and I remember like with Eric, my waters didn't break until like just before he came out and they like broke them for me they like shoved a knitting needle up there or something not not factual but okay remember that birth i was there fun wasn't it it was more fun for me than it was for <laughs> you probably <laughs> i was gonna tell the poo story you can do i'm not stopping you i pooed on a midwife's hand yeah, I know. I was there, <laughs> <laughs> and our uh, our friendly friend midwife Katie, who you know, said, "Oh, it's normal. It's fine. It happens all the time." Not on a hand, though. More they normal, just wipe it away? like in a. Oh, it's so gross! But I needed boo before, like when I was at home, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to just risk pushing it out because <laughs> what if I accidentally push out a baby?" I'll Plop. just. Where? Oh my word! I'll just save that poo <laughs> for later. I'll probably just do that poo after. After I've had the baby, and uh, turns out there's an order. It's not how it works. And, um, they were like, "You have to pee before the baby's gonna come out." It's and I at that point I couldn't. I did try and go in the toilet like a normal person, but I just couldn't manage without the gas and air and the, all that. And 
Yeah, pooed on him beforehand. Um, I wonder if your mum pooed when you were coming out. Probably. I mean, at some point. I feel like, though, if we're going to start picking apart the fact that the birth wasn't very realistic... Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I've got m- a few more things to say about birth. I had no idea. Oh, they never show the placenta. Oh, don't know why. Honestly, any film that doesn't show a woman birthing a placenta is not a real film in my eyes. <laughs> um, also, like you wouldn't have that same doctor for like the scans and the birth. Unlikely. Yeah. We did write down, um, she probably won't get a shout out later, there was a consultant midwife on this uh, film, Anita O'Neill, and I feel like what they probably did is they got her in and went, okay, Anita, tell us about yeah, 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 okay, and then just ignored everything she said. I've actually got a really fun fact about that birthing scene. I I can't believe that there's a fun fact about the birth scene. Fun slash tragic. Did she poo on a midwife's <laughs> hand? <laughs> you know when they filmed that? Did she poo on Emma Thompson's hand? Do you know where they filmed it? In a real hospital. Okay. They kicked out a real cancer unit. <laughs> Don't laugh. That's not <laughs> funny. How did they? How did they what? do that? How much would they have paid the hospital for them to be like, yeah, these cancer patients can just leave for a week? Are you? St- <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I read that. Yeah. In a reputable source. Like the internet. Mm, okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's okay. Well, I'm sure they moved. I'm sure they didn't like kick them out onto the streets with no notice. Like, I'm sure they just moved them to a different ward or something like that. I'm sure they're all fine. And for you people who are probably going to die, the corridor is good enough. <laughs> for we are filming. Yeah, but think of the money the hospital must have got, and then that could save more people. Not those people though. They were dead no. in a corridor. <laughs> we should give them a shout out. <laughs> To everyone who's died in a corridor to facilitate <laughs> the filming of an okay film. Thanks for your sacrifice for the greater good. <laughs> we mourn you. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> There's got to be one in every episode, it turns <laughs> out. I've actually eaten a placenta. Um, Have you? It wasn't real, it was no, the one yeah. you made. Oh, that doesn't count. That was jelly and pomegranate. It was tasty, but... <laughs> If that was in uh, my version of the nativity. Because it the had The nativity never gets the placenta. And so I wrote a new one, a comedy version. I don't know if people watching films or children performing nativities really care about placentas, to be honest. Well, they should. Mm, should they? The placenta doesn't grow up to perform in a nativity. Why have I just written down our hairdresser? Oh, What's because he doesn't know if he's the father <laughs> of his child. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to put this in. I think it's really rude. He's not going to... We won't name him. We won't say what, hair, what hairdressers we go to. But our hairdresser... It's really rude to time chat went, someone else's gossip like this. Last time he went, he didn't know if he was the father of this baby and they were going to do a DNA test but we haven't been back to find out and well no I have actually been back but it was you who went the first time and I couldn't be like oh so by the way you must know by now are you the father of that kid he didn't mention the kid so maybe he's not but I'm not on such good terms as you so I we wouldn't might never say be. we're best mates 
Um, certainly not because I've allowed gossip about him <laughs> to persist on my own podcast. I'm partnering. Um, yeah, poor fella. I hope he. Uh, I hope he knows. I hope he has a happy Christmas. Either way. Damn poor woman. Oh no, she's fine. <laughs> she only had to push a baby out of a vagina. What's she whinging about? So, oh, should we should we do a summary of the storyline? Just a brief one, in case you didn't know. Middle-aged lady accidentally gets pregnant, doesn't know who the father is. They drag it out for an impossibly <laughs> long time. Uh, also, Ed Sheeran. Oh yeah, I like that bit. They go to um, she's got like a a younger friend, and she's trying to like be cool and everything. And they go to a festival that's meant to be Glastonbury, um, and they go to like the VIP bit, and they ask. Ed Sheeran to take a photo of them but they don't realise that Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran correct so he takes like a selfie with himself in it and they're like what are you doing we just want a photo of us and then later they see him on stage and they're like oh because he does look like just a normal ginger man no he completely doesn't and 2016 I think he was like number one in 8,000 countries in the world he's Big news. I heard this really um, lovely alternate universe theory that we are all characters in an Ed Sheeran dream because a pasty white ginger guy who plays acoustic guitar has like thousands and thousands and thousands of women screaming and throwing themselves at him. It's like we're all just characters in an Ed Sheeran dream. That's very like ginger racist. Oh yeah, I'm just relaying the racism. I'm not actually a ginger racist. Some of my best wives are ginger. <laughs> I like to have a ginger in every film I show you. Is that where I've failed so far? <laughs> so that was my plot summary. Um, what else happens? Um, Any she... favourite bits? Some of the stuff about dolphin-friendly vegan condoms. I thought that was funny. That was one of my favourite quotes. Go on. If I'm going to be slutty, it's nice to think that I'm helping the environment. Because she uses these old dolphin condoms. I don't know what a dolphin condom is. Do dolphins wear condoms? Um, no, their <laughs> barrier method is a reef. <laughs> oh, it's a pun, it. yes! <laughs> that was a dad joke. Thank you. It was very quick as well, but uh, no credit for speed is there in these kind of sex-related activities. <laughs> <laughs> Another joke for free in the back there. Um... No, I don't think... I think that was just a jokey thing made up. Uh, ironically, she harmed the environment more by using those because she brought another life into the world, <laughs> which is a greater drain on the environment than um, a condom wrapped around yeah, a, a dolphin. Point. I like the bit in the um, in the class where she turns up with two men and they assume it's a gay couple and that she's the surrogate and they just sort of play along with that that, that was quite funny um, but I also think if you're going to choose a surrogate mother why would you choose a 43 year old a geriatric mother I don't know if that's the term that they would really use in the NHS yeah yeah they do for anyone over 35 okay so if I was to get pregnant now I turn 35 in a couple of months I would be a geriatric mother I see. Yeah. I've got some uh, old mum birth facts for you, though. It just falls out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Sorry, all old mums. Yeah, different. It doesn't. Good for my mum. Third, third time fell out Shot before out she'd even cannon. got the hos- to the hospital. My dad had to catch it <laughs> with a baseball glove. Go on. Uh, what? How old do you think the oldest mum, the oldest naturally pregnant woman, was? I'm going to say who's naturally conceived. Fifty. Fifty-nine. Ooh. That's mental, isn't it? Because you don't really hear much past 40. I thought 43 was kind of the last year. And it probably is for the majority of people. Getting pregnant at 59, though. It'd be a bit of a shock, wouldn't it? And what do you think for the oldest IVF pregnant person, woman? Or is it older than that? Yep. 62? 66. Do you still want to carry a child inside of you when you're 66? I mean, you must do. I feel like it is, a, and this is controversial, but it is a bit selfish at age 66 because you think when your kid's 20, you'll be 86 or dead. I suppose they can just skip to straight away calling you granny and that makes it all right. Mm. Maybe not. I know you love her, but it, I feel like... Sally Phillips didn't have a lot to do in this film. Oh, but she was great. I do like, I don't know why I like her, but I really like Sally Phillips. There was a sort of funny conversation where they use the metaphor puppet for penis. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about that. I love that. So when you've got kids around and you want to try and say something, like we do that sometimes. Our kids are quite young, so we can get away with a lot that like a teenager would definitely get what we're teenager about. would vomit at um but like if i want to uh, ask you if you're you know up for it in the evening around the kids we have to say it in a slightly different way yes but we don't have to be that sort of because they don't yeah the kids in the back of that aware. car looked older than our kids yeah. um the best line but is is um in that exchange is from Sally Phillips where she talks about, oh, it's been ages since I've seen a puppet. It's all been finger puppets. Um, <laughs> just think that's funny. And was his puppet very big and all of that? Did his puppet go in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a question you'd ask someone who'd just been <laughs> to see a puppet show. It's not the obvious first puppet show question, is it? Wait, are you using puppet show <laughs> as like a, a euphemism, or do you no, mean? No, if you'd genuinely just been to a puppet show, you if I'd just been out to a puppet show and I came back home, that's not like the first thing you'd ask. How was Punch <laughs> and Judy? Anything go in your mouth? <laughs> um, I once had a conversation like that, um, with a friend about ice cream, and we were using ice cream <laughs> as the metaphor, and um, he or she wasn't really in the mood particularly for this particular flavour of ice cream but just more felt like you know it was a hot day just needed ice cream (laughs) why were you forcing your ice cream on whoever this person was (laughs) I I read some of the quotes from the script um, in research for this and I feel like the script comes across better than the film. Some of it. Um, 
they had a few goes at the script, it turns out, and Emma Thompson had the final version, the final credit. She plays the Doctor in the film as well, which is nice. All right. Not a competition. Um, but some of the script is is pretty good. I feel like it was it was kind of nice and fun when written down, but then acted out. It's like oh, okay, actually, it's just okay. Some of the stuff about like um, Emma Thompson, the Doctor, says to the two potential dads. Well, I don't know if you'd want to stand down there at the coal face. My ex-husband said it was like his watching his favorite pub be burned down. I've heard people say that. Yeah, it feels a bit like Route 1 comedy. So somebody once gave me that feedback when I did a few stand-ups. They were like, it's fine, but it's just like the first thing you thought of. It it hasn't gone like to another layer or another layer. It's just like A plus B equals C, and that's fine. And I feel like that about... I'm fine with that. Yeah, that, that's it. Like, It's not a stunning film or a very surprising film. It's just a, like A plus B equals pillow fight film. Yeah. What I more had issues with in that scene is after she'd given birth, all her friends just sort of like came in. And there's no way you can have several friends in. She wasn't even like on the ward. Like you have that was still in the like delivery suite. She had a massive room as well. Yeah, that's nice. Um Maybe that's, that's how it not is. Realistic. You have one birthing partner and then you might be able to have one visitor the next day or something like that like you can't people can't just come in like that it's just a fun film i actually went to see this at the cinema no way but that's one of the three films i've seen since having our first child at the cinema you mean yes this film was delayed a little bit though it was meant to be done a couple of years before but Hugh Grant, he sounds like a bit of a knob to work with, Hugh Grant. Oh, no, not another one. Well, he refused to be in this film, so they killed him off in, like, the first scene. I also heard about Hugh Grant in the first two. He didn't like the script that much and stuff and was like, I'm not doing it unless you get Richard Curtis involved to, like, rewrite it a bit. But I think that's really hard. When this was a book first... It's really harsh on those directors and stuff to be like, I'm not doing it unless you get Richard Curtis. Because the first two were based directly on novels, weren't they? And were they written by the same woman? Yes. Helen Fielding? Helen Fielding was a journalist. where So they asked her to write, oh, can you write a little column about being a single woman in her 30s in London? Which is a bit of a knobby thing to say, isn't it? (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> if if like an older married guy said that to you, oh, I just you know I want to hear what it's like, you'd feel a bit awkward about about that, really. I think anyway, she felt awkward, that so she wrote it in character as Bridget Jones, and everyone enjoyed that, and so that's what sort of became the books. So she wrote the first two books, the first two films are based on the first two books, but then the third book and the third film are completely different things. So the third book is about she's got kids, but her husband has died, and she's trying to work out how to be a single mom and how to date again and stuff like that. Whereas the third film, this film, is about her having a baby. So that's completely made up, not from a book. 
There you go. But she was involved in writing the script. For this one as well? Yeah. Great. Yeah. What did you think about the casting of Rani Zawaga? Well, she'd already done the first two films. Yeah, so they yeah, weren't yeah, going to recast I mean, ori- her. Originally. I don't I don't really know. I mean, they could have cast someone English. I know. Yeah, that's that, that's what I was getting at, really. Okay. So, like, she was the right age. She was 32, and Bridget Jones was 32 in the first one. The first one came out in 2001, and then 2004, and then quite a big gap to 2016. Okay. She's not British, and she's really skinny, and she didn't smoke, and in the first one particularly she smokes a lot so it's like surely we've talked about this in other podcasts surely there's i think i've said this about this exact film yeah surely there's some chubbier people out there (laughs) but she does do a very good british accent and it's really weird now to hear her in an interview talk in an american accent because it's still like the voice of bridget jones it's really like creepy because it's her voice, but not the accent. Mm. I think her accent's okay. I sort of, you, I mean, you can hear it in me. I'm, I, n- I don't really go for that kind of plummy English. Ra- rather, oh yes, one is very frightfully excited to yeah, see you. It's because you're working class. Yes, I'm the scum of the earth. But it just, I don't know, that's not how everyone in London talks. A lot of these films, they're kind of very... Um, yeah i think that's when americans think of british people they just think about london they never think about people who grew up in a in a village on the outskirts of coventry that's oh, never their go-to accent <laughs> love i will weep for you <laughs> but off air um no i think they think about kind of posh people who must be related to the queen and then, yeah. like East End hard boys, like oh, right, governor, yeah, blah, 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 who drive a taxi. No, and I think they think country houses and. But those are still the posh people, aren't they? They're still the yeah. Yes, well, uh, I w- I was in Guildford just recently. I was walking yeah. down, you know. I they don't even really make any words. They're just it's just a babble of posh syllables. Yeah, but then I wonder how we see the Americans. We do have a 7% listenership in America, so we mustn't tick them off, love. Oh, yeah. Hello to that mystery 7%. Yes, we're we're all over the analytics, and uh, 7% of you, which is probably like 0.8 of a person, <laughs> listens in America. So, hello. Tell us about America. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know it's some film facts? Uh, the only film trilogy to have an only only female directors. I did not know that. Uh, also, Bridget Jones uh, was chosen by Woman's Hour as one of the seven women that had most influenced British female culture over the last seven decades. That's a little distressing, isn't it? A fictional woman made famous by an American actress is one of the seven most influential <laughs> British women. Yeah, it's a bit sad when you say it like that. I didn't mean to make ladies sad. That's <laughs> just my face. Um, yeah, who were the other six? I don't suppose I you don't know. wrote them down. 
don't know. We don't care about them. But I do think it did influence culture. It made it like... I think it started off a thing of like, it's quite okay, be yourself and be like a bit of a failure. And that's sort of funny and people enjoy that. You know, like Miranda, did that come after this? I think it did. It will have come after the first film at least, I think. It's a, it's a bit of a different style of silly but i think people like to see a bit of a failure it's like quite endearing you don't you don't want to see successful people all the time i think it's a very british thing like especially miranda hart in her series miranda what i've seen of it it's very british it's very slapstick it's very kind of poking fun at the awkward goofy failure but it's got a bit of warmth and heart in it. Mm. Also got Sally Phillips in it. You just love Sally Phillips. Yeah, I do. We watched that whole series of Taskmaster because you love Sally Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was going to say, I think now there's lo- there's a whole like genre of stuff you can follow on the internet that's like mums who say their failings. And I wonder if that has come out of this culture. So I think people have realised that you don't want to follow someone on Instagram. Well, maybe you do, but there's two types of moms you can follow on Instagram. There's the like perfect parent. Oh, look at these ideas I can do. The the kind of Pinterest parent things. And then there's the, the like moms that are honest about their failures and like how much they drink and like stuff like that in a kind of funny way and share stupid stuff that goes on and things that go wrong and you know pictures of their messy houses and stuff like that and people love that honesty and I wonder if that has come that's like part of the culture shift of realizing that people identify with someone like Bridget Jones. Which type of Instagram mum are you? I think I actually do a bit of both because I do my kids' crafts, my live crafts for kids. That's mm-hmm. quite the first type. Yeah. Um, but then I do share... I do try and be honest sometimes when it's, like, not going well. Because I think social media can be quite only the nice stuff. I really think Bridget Jones did change the culture of Britain even... Because I don't think anyone bought those massive sucky in pants before the first movie. You haven't seen the first movie, but um, I know. those big pants. Do you know I bought some like a year ago or something? Sucky in pants. They're like the most hideous, ugly pants as pants. But if you're wearing a sexy, slim fitting dress, then they make you look better than you are. So, you know, that's a big dilemma. Which I, as a useless, clueless man, have lived my whole life not knowing about. No, men just get to wear comfortable underwear all the time. Because of the patriarchy. And testicles. Oh, should we tell that underwear story that's in my stand-up? Yeah, you can tell that story if you want. So, after I'd finished breastfeeding, I went out to get myself some new bras. Um, Shall I do the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, shall I just listen or shall I contribute? You can contribute. 
Um, because how I see it now is that my boobs have retired. Oh, no. But it's all right. They've done their job. They've attracted a mate. They've nourished two kids. And now they're heading south for their retirement. Bye. So I wanted to get them a comfy retirement home. Yeah, I like that joke. So uh, I went out to the shop. I picked out a bra that I thought looked comfortable. I went to pay for it. And they said, this is all true, by the way. This is actually a post-surgery bra. Mm -hmm. Um, I've forgotten the next bit now. You can get the VAT back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they said I could fill in a form to get back the VAT um, because it certainly wasn't a a luxury luxury item. item. Um, Now, I think you do your bit about why is it that you have to have had surgery to get yourself a comfortable bra? Yes. Why can't all... (laughs) Bras be comfortable, just like men's underwear. There you go. You don't get the wonder wang, do you? No. I've not done comedy for so long that I can't remember this. Um, anyway, the point was, I got the bra, got home, and <laughs> no, I remember. How I said ends. to my husband, "Do you remember the actual time this actually happened in real life? Because this is a true story." Yes, I do. <laughs> I said to him, "Oh, it is a shame because I like my boobs ten years ago." What did you say, Dan? I think they're spectacular <laughs> every day. <laughs> no, Dan said, Oh, love, I liked your boobs five years ago. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Uh, you're welcome, babe. Um, how long ago was that, Dan? Two years ago. So how long is <laughs> that since you enjoyed my breasts? Seven no, years. enjoyed is different. Okay, I mean, that's the kind of conversation <laughs> we need to them even hide from our children. <laughs> Do you think they'll watch this and listen to this in the future? Would you listen to a podcast recording radio show that your parents have done? Mm, maybe. Don't know. It won't be films that... I don't think they'll see... I don't think our boys will see this film. So I don't think they'll be interested in this episode. Maybe they might listen to this when we die just to hear our voices again. Oh, that's sad. Um of all the films we've done so far on this podcast, which one do you want our kids to see? I want our kids Would to you see. be like, oh, you must see this film? No. I'd say Titanic. Yeah, I think, the f- I've said this before, I think the first half of Titanic is a lovely film. Well, <laughs> sort of lovely. But that's not the important bit to see. Like, if they study Titanic in history, that first bit is not history. I think when we get around to doing Sound of Music, which will be season two now, we should get them to watch it with us and get them on the pod. Family special. Yeah. Could that be episode one of season two? Sorry? Could that be episode one of season two? Maybe. Don't want to make any promises. Got a little fact about Sally Phillips. (laughs) Yes. Um, She actually auditioned to be Bridget Jones originally. Right. But obviously they didn't pick her. But they were like, oh, well, we like you. You can have a small part in it. Um, a runner-up prize. she had to turn down the third film because she was pregnant. But then, because it got delayed, she wasn't pregnant anymore. So that's good. So she got to be in it. No. Do you want to do a credit shout-out? Yeah, okay. We don't have to. Don't want to get formulaic. No, let's do it. It's time for the credit shout out. Shout out! Shout out! 
Silly job or name. Like shoe coordinator. This is bound to lead to their future fame. Okay. Um, one of the things you said to me is you were sad that the placenta did not get a shout out. <laughs> placenta not credited or seen. Well, those the baby that she would have given birth to, the placenta wasn't there. Invisible placenta played by... No one. Uh, the babies also. I couldn't see any babies or kids in the credits. No, because we wanted to give it a shout out. But I it, think it. you noticed there was several babies. Yeah, there was a few cuts where I was like, that's a different child. Uh, especially on, on the one-year-old baby. Yeah, at the end of the film, it's all revealed whose baby it is. Uh, spoiler, it's Bridget's baby. And um, it's one-year-old... And then it's um, the, the two shots like cut between from shot A to shot B, and I was like, "That looks like a very different child." Um, so I wanted to snoop in the credits and be like, "Aha! I was right," or "Aha! I was wrong," but it doesn't say. Don't know. We talked about who would give up their baby for a film because when you need a newborn baby, that's the yeah. teeny tiny baby. Who's like just given birth and is like, now's the time to make some money. Monetize this sucker. Month old baby. Um, I don't think I would have done that. I wonder if they're something to do with the film. Well, they are now. Tiago Lisboa, prop junior. That's, I mean, a great name, Tiago Lisboa. Um, like Lisbon in Portugal. But he's the prop junior. Like how much? I, wh- I feel like what I've done is I've gone through and I've gone. There's a really low bar on these credits for a lot of films. How do you get in? For example, David Campbell, MVQ stagehand. Does that mean he has an MVQ <laughs> in stagehanding? Is or MVQ the thing you do if you're too thick for GCSEs? <laughs> it stands for National Vocational Qualification, and it is yeah. a legitimate and fair qualification, love. But vocational is. Tory speak for (laughs) 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 you're right but that doesn't mean it's correct that's just what the Tories think yeah 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 and they run our country oh Ricky Titcomb is the facilities captain what exactly is he captain of I I don't understand there's no there's no other captains listed in it but he's the facilities captain I wanted to give a credit shout out to dreadlock guy that's what he's listed as Will Firth. Well done, Will. And uh, Rafferty Railton as Spike. Just a great name. But who was Spike? I have no idea. I was just impressed with his parents who went, no, Rafferty Railton. That's the name. It's like the parents who named Neville Neville. No, no, no. (laughs) That's his name. Just, uh, there's a few uh, locational geographical inconsistencies. Yeah. I read up on this one. She lives near London Central Tube Station, or train yeah. station or something. Mark lives in Ealing. That's what he says in the film. Does he? At one point she walks to his house, 
for our non-London-based listeners, <clears throat> I've read that that's over a 10-mile walk for a very yeah, pregnant Yeah, I know lady. that. Is f- I've been to Ealing once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, I was thinking, like, her flat, even though it's just a little tiny flat, must be worth so much if it's where it was. I've looked at where it is on a map. It's right by London Bridge, which is one of the main London bridges. It's always falling down <laughs> on that bridge, love. Very unreliable. <laughs> I would never cross that bridge. Tower Bridge for me. It's so central. Why is she living there? Why is anyone living? Why is anyone living in that central London? Because they are n- well. Now that you don't have to work in an actual office, I think people are beginning to realise how uh, how much money you can get for those properties and spend it elsewhere to get. Uh, whole village in some parts of remote Scotland. Yeah. I felt like there was also some geographical inconsistencies with um, them walking her and carrying her to hospital because the um, Punani ladies were having a a female... Did you just say Punami? (laughs) No. That is a tidal wave of poo. <laughs> in the film, oh, I think they wanted to be Posse Riot. The oh yeah, I, yeah, it was meant to be them. The um, Russian protest singers that Colin Firth was defending. He's a human rights lawyer, apparently, or something. Uh, he's defending their women's rights, but they have this women's rights march. They're called Punani. That's what it was. Punani, not Punami. <laughs> um. And they get in the way of Bridget's emergency 20 mile an hour scooter pickup ride to the hospital. So Colin Firth, at like 56 years old or whatever, decides he's going to carry her like a princess. And then he has to get help from Patrick McDreamy Dempsey. And he carries her for a bit. And then apparently that's like a four mile journey that they walked it you know what i've got more of an issue with in gladiator they walk from surrey to morocco i covered this in the podcast if you listen to gladiator he also rode two horses a very long way you still can't ride from surrey to morocco on a horse anyway that was a different film if you've seen the first two that's all like proper the olden days because the first one is 2001. Whoa, proper the olden days. <laughs> I know. I was barely even 10. And that was all like answer phone messages and stuff and like, oh, I didn't get the message because I was out of the house. That kind of chat. And then this one is all like trying to be so modern with like social media and stuff like that iPads and stuff she's keeping her diary on an iPad but she also like very conveniently locks her phone and her keys and her handbag and her shopping inside like an automated yeah cash machine booze when it swallows her card for some reason I, I mean that never pops up again she's sort of broke but not broke she has a high paying job but no money but she can go to a festival last minute but she loses anyway she loses all that business so she doesn't have a phone so she can't contact anyone so she ends up just sitting outside of her flat in the pouring rain for hours like what 
And then I like the bit when Colin Firth, because he's like showing his commitment to her instead of work, just throws his phone outside of the window. But that's the only phone they've got between them. And that's why they have to get in a tuk-tuk van. That bit's kind of funny in a sense because he throws it out the window and they've got somebody in the background like, oh, what are you doing? Um, you know what other bit I like? Near the beginning when they're doing the news bit and her and the newsreader Miranda are having a conversation about, I don't know, boys or gossip or something. And then it goes to the news headlines. So she's like the woman in the ear of the newsreader and they're like having a chat and then it's going to like serious stuff. Oh, it's hard to explain, but I no, found that funny. It's it's not bad. It's quite good, although it has aged rather badly. So she says, oh, yeah. you know what we need to do this weekend? Some serious bong binge drinking. Is it an endemic in our cities? You know, and then she's like, oh, I was going to have, you know, last weekend I was out and I had a threesome with bong Prince Andrew. And it's like, mm, OK, that was uh, they wouldn't have that now. unfortunate reference. And also you're probably too old for him. I enjoyed that bit though. And when she interviews the guy, who's the foreign guy that's like some kind of baddie, but it's not actually him. Oh, the general whatever, and it's just his driver. That's a really funny bit where where she's sort of like defending him and just like, well, you know, at least he's not boring. And he's like committed genocide. No, yeah, that's because she's, Bridget is in the, booth on her phone to oh yeah her mom or something and she's still in the ear in the ear of the Miranda. news reader who's then repeating without thinking what you know because news readers don't have pre-prepared questions or anything repeating everything that Bridget's saying and it's it's a classic example of talking across purposes the but I device. find that really funny good I'm glad um, the IT crowd have a version of that where Moss is put on uh, TV. It's started because that actually happened where a taxi driver turned oh up to yeah. the BBC for an interview for a post and then, through a series of misunderstandings, appeared live on TV I love as an that. expert. And they were quizzing him on things and he was like, I don't know. And they were like, oh, this person's awful. At the start, he just decides, he sees his face fall when they say, I'm here with Dr. Blah, blah, blah. And the guy's face is like, that's not me. Oh, no. Who's, what's going on? <laughs> okay, so well, I better just. you could get into that position. Oh, I'm going to watch. I'm going to find that on YouTube. Yeah, so it's, that is it's a good real based on a real happenstance. And I like Graham Linhan and Moss's version. And I don't mind Emma Thompson and Bridget Jones's version here. It's it's just. So maybe I should show you the version. other two films. That might help. Okay, well, we'll show you. I'll show you the other two Batman films. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, uh, snog to death ratio on this film. I think it was about five proper full-on snogs, and one, one sort of death. It's like half a death, really. Like Hugh Grant had had a funeral. <laughs> Hugh Grant can't but be no one cared to be in this film. That he was dead, really. Yeah. Um. Can you get pregnant by accident age th- 43? Yes. Okay. Done. I, yeah, well... You didn't ask me if it was, you know, likely or unlikely. You just said, can you? And yes. Okay. If you can get pregnant at age 59, 
that's it. You can get pregnant at age 43. That is just maths. And we were having a discussion before about how we'll probably bring this to an end at Christmas time, but there are still so many films that we. Yeah, I feel like all the films we mentioned in the concept, which is like nine minutes long of us chatting about our idea for a podcast and what films we're going to inflict on each other. I feel like a lot of them we haven't done yet, like the sound of music and stuff. So I think, so this is episode seven. Dan's going to do another film and then we're going to do one more each, which will be the Christmas special. And that will be the end of season one of I Wouldn't Watch. Uh, Then we'll probably have a few weeks off and then start a new season in 2021. Yes. So my next film is going Mm. to be Saving Private Ryan. Ooh! Shaving Ryan's private. (laughs) No. Is it about war? It is about war. I felt like it was important to watch a war film. World War Two is a big old war, and there's lots and lots and lots yeah, of films about that. it. Saving, I almost said it wrong then because <laughs> of what it is. Shaving a Private Ryan is, in my opinion, a really good war film. I think one of my favourites, along with Black Hawk Down, which is a more modern war film, but I think it's acknowledged as a really big, good war film big good listen to me turn into a caveman as soon as i start <laughs> talking about war big good film explosion boom guts boss yeah i don't mind deaths so much uh, you will after this one in a war okay right see you next time for shaving ryan's privates thanks for listening oh right do the things you know the things now you've found the podcast share it to your friends if you want Leave a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We have an Instagram account. I think it's time for bed. Good night. Night night, everyone. Sleep well. Bye.